and welcome. It's Shouldn't You Be Working with Mark Ellings and Sam Peck. I usually say Sam, but first, yeah, I was don't gonna I? put me on the spot there. And we've got Professor Joseph Lowe on the producing side of things professor. as well. <laughs> professor, yeah, exactly. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, go, I'll go for it. And this week we're talking as it's Valentine's Day in four days, <laughs> three days. It's next, it's Wednesday, isn't it? It's Wednesday, so we're preempting. All of the lonely hearts out there, and couples, the takens, um, the takens exactly. <laughs> uh, on what do people do on Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Should we talk about what you're doing on Valentine's Day? They eat food. They you eat ruined food. the joke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you walked and spoke all over the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, but so yeah, we're talking all things food today. So we're going to be talking about historical recipes, celebrity chef stories, uh, food competitions, and we talk fine dining with our guest. Max McBridge and strange foods and strange foods, but that's kind of historical recipes vibe, isn't it? What a Chinese supermarket, yeah. But like, no, the his okay, yeah, it strange Walmart from the 1500s. <laughs> no, but we've got recipes from the 1500s as well, all right. Mark. But weren't you going to say something about Steve Aoki? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Aoki, the DJ who I found out about last week, yeah, he's, is he a lame? He's a lame guy, right? He's well, I think he's doing incredibly well because he's. Like an actual superstar, but yeah, he plays he the looks, lamest music. He looks cool though. Yeah, he looks super cool, yeah. and I think he gets like all the babes and stuff. Well, he set a record last week. <laughs> what did he do? An anti-gravity rave, mate. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you said this before we came in, but what is that? What does that consist of? So you, is this one of those facts where you're like, he actually did it, and then it's like, oh, go on, and he was like, that's all I've got. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, vomit comet. Do you know about that? Do you no. Know what vomit comet is. So, to when <laughs> astronauts train. They they go up really high in a plane, really, yeah. just really really high, and <laughs> yeah. then they drop it super quick. So yes, you, so they're kind of floating. So me and my dad are looking into doing this together. Really? But I think it's literally you can go up as a uh, I was going to say retail, but not retail as like a retail client. Yeah, <laughs> what's it called? Like people who aren't professional. B to C. What consumer? I don't know. A customer. A customer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like non-professional <laughs> flight amateur. I don't know. Um, with you and your dad That's But me and my dad We're going to do Stop doing date like stuff With your dad well, Me and my dad Get on well Alright <laughs> We have a nice time together But essentially We were looking into it And I think Don't get me wrong I think it costs £5,000 each Whoa Because it's, it's You're literally Renting out a plane though Aren't you Exactly I And it's like a Fuel costs as well Like you're like You have to drop And then climb I don't know the cost. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not going to try and explain them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to the food. Now we've done the raves, we can talk about the food. Exactly. And we have got a tester. A tester? A texter. What is it? So the texter is, there's a world record texter, bringing back the world records again, which I tried. Do you remember when I tried to eat uh, more crackers than anyone in a minute? <laughs> yeah. Live um, on radio. <laughs> And it was a minute of radio silence. Because <laughs> also, I had to describe what was happening, which is essentially Mark eating a cracker. He's putting another cracker in his mouth. <laughs> oh, he hasn't finished the last one yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so world record today is the highest distance someone's caught a grape in their mouth. So, you know, when you throw something in the air and ca- I can't do that. I can. See, so, yeah, you're one of the cool kids at school. You say cool. Um, <laughs> it was not exactly like, hey, girls. Well, it was actually, and the girls would be like, wow, <laughs> he's so dreamy, so, so tall. But it was usually just a big fat guy, so just, bit, just like smashing a couple of chocolate raisins. It wasn't the grapes. It's um, funny when someone nearly chokes on it, though. Yeah, well, like, I nearly what? chipped a tooth on a minstrel doing that, because really? like, they're like bullets. Yeah, you know, the, I was going to say. The sugar shell involved. It's throwing a rock into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You could blind someone if you're not <laughs> careful. Well, on that note, which is so lame that we used to do this, so my friend Bob at school, 
used to bring in. <laughs> literally called Bob. No one's called Bob. I was going to say, yeah. His, his name was Henry. An old name. <laughs> I know, his name was Henry, but everyone called him Bob. But anyway, Bob used to bring this packet of sweets in, and there were like maybe twelve of us, Bob all thirteen-year-olds, yeah. Mm. And what he'd do is he'd like throw the sweets up, and we'd call it bundles for the sweet. And we'd all literally like go in on each other <laughs> trying to catch the sweet. And then it progressed to him throwing like I don't know, like a mini egg on a on the roof, <laughs> on like a serrated roof, and it would like. Like fall down and everyone would be at the bottom like trying to catch like the sweet. seagulls like <laughs> <laughs> and it got like Larry as hell <laughs> sorry I just kicked the table there. <laughs> yeah I saw that but sorry so and if you answer the question which was uh, the highest distance in feet you've caught food in your mouth thrown it up and caught it so the Guinness Book of World Record record for highest self-thrown grape self-thrown grape <laughs> yeah. if you guess this correctly and it doesn't. It has to be within a inch, four inches. Four, oh, that's, yeah, four inches. Within no, no, three. to the closest foot. To the closest, closest. Like, yeah, it could be a thousand foot. But it's not going to be fifty thousand feet, is it? You know, it could be. It could, could be, be in a be. vomit comet. Could be on that anti-gravity plane. That's twice the height of a commercial airliner, so I doubt it. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends. You've never seen me throw. Um, <laughs> in all fairness, you're already the height of a commercial airliner. <laughs> Disgusting <laughs> tool parts. Yeah, well, just because I'm a, a proper man, unlike you two children. Six foot um, on the top. <laughs> you're not six foot. Hey, no longer a ch- eighteen years old. That congratulations, boy. Joe. Happy birthday, mate. Thank you. Hey, what did you eat for your birthday? What was your little birthday treat? Scallops and confit duck. Whoa. Uh, but are you f- actually 45? Like, because that's not an 18 year old stuff. On my 18th. I think I went to TGI's. I'm not even joking. I've never been to a TGI. What? <laughs> no, I went to a very nice restaurant. It's called Mere. It's run by uh, Monica Galetti from MasterChef. Mm. Mm, lovely. Is that the fat guy? Or is that Great British Menu? You know, the fat guy from. No, the British. You mean like the West Country one? For a start, Monica Galetti is a woman. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Monica. Monica could be a girl's name. Guy's Guy, name. Yeah, it could be a girl's See? name. See? Binary. 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 Fluid. It's 2018. Get with the program. So. Program. Uh, so much coming up. So much. So little time. So little time. So I think we should maybe go to a little tune. A little tunage. And what this we got. song is, all I can say is Hospital Food by David Gray. Is that right? It is right. I thought it was foodie. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Gray's good. Like the it. The worst food to begin with, though. Hospital food. We should do prison food. We are back. That was a depressing song, wasn't it? Yeah, crikey. Who would have thought a song about hospital food wasn't as joyful as we first thought? <laughs> I thought it was just going to be all smiles and rainbows, yeah. but it was not. <laughs> Having a sandwich also, in a hospital. David Gray is so moany, isn't he? I <laughs> thought David... Is he, is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, right. Fair, I thought it's he was. only just turned 40. Oh, oh I thought he's he... young. He's youthful. He Boy. does. What's the good song he does, though, that everyone knows? Chasing Babylon, Cole. Babylon, oh, Babylon, and also he uh, does a cover of Walking in Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. Does he? But you're listening to Shouldn't You Be Working on Wandsworth Radio every Sunday, two till one till <laughs> three, <laughs> one, one till three, one till three, and on the podcast after the fact, yeah, which is on Stitcher, Deezer, Podcast, SoundCloud, 
iTunes, not Spotify, because we're not good enough. <laughs> we're not on there yet. <laughs> they won't let us in. Did they decline us? Yeah, I think you have to get 100,000 listeners. No, did they actually decline us? And we've had like 50. That is <laughs> not true. <laughs> we've had 55. 50,000 or yeah. just 50? 50,000. 50, 50, but back to the um, food. Foodie, yeah. foodie, 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 foodie. Food for thought. And what we, we're doing the history of food first, aren't we? Yeah, just a little bit of history. And, and so when I... Cause I Last year, my friends were like, "You should put on a dinner party that you should do a medieval feast." And I was like, "Well, if that if it was a real medieval feast, ninety nine percent of the population were eating gruel, yeah. so it would be a starter of gruel, main <laughs> gruel, <laughs> dessert gruel." But Mark, what goes into gruel? Well, we're going to find out, Sam. <laughs> God. Let's just let's look into that right now. Let's look into that with the convenient link of the gruel recipe. Exactly. Which may not give us much to talk about because it looks like there are three <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> And it's written in Comic Sans. And two of the ingredients are water. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I like how there's two types of water. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Cold water and boiled water. <laughs> so, when you're making up your gruel, first things first is a thin porridge made of boiling groats. What are groats? <laughs> groats are the crushed grain of various cereals. In more recent times, gruel has often been recommended as a food for invalids. <laughs> that, that's what that says. Where is what is this website? It looks like it was made by a fourteen-year-old. It's medievalplus.com, and yeah, it it looks like RuneScape. Yeah, <laughs> other medieval websites are available. Yeah, well, exactly. there's oh. actually I like how there's links on the side down here as well. That are wars and weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> work and farming. Not <laughs> knights and clothing. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's have a look. Uh, so yeah, the ingredients are well, it's groats and water. Yeah, so that's it. And also, have you ever had gruel? No, but again, when I I was thinking about doing like an ironic medieval doing the gruel, but then I think the joke would only work for about two seconds. Yeah. I'm like, it's all gruel, and everyone go, ha, ha. and then I go, yeah, it's all, it's all gruel. Have Have you ever had porridge? Because it's basically porridge without the milk. I thought it was like I, salt. Well, just to go back to medieval plus quickly. I clicked onto <laughs> knights and clothing and then into clothing and there's just nothing there. It's a dead so link. Love, they're just literally like, yeah, we should probably put something about clothing on there. I well, backed it up though. It's a website that stopped being made in 2004. So oh, right. So that is a legacy website. Wrote, yeah, so the oatmeal recipe might have changed since then. The gruel recipe. I don't think a historical recipe would have changed. Yeah, maybe. Unless there was more discoveries. and they found, Actually, there is one thing which I've lost now. It says that sometimes it had lemon in it. But Ooh. what are these peasants having lemon? And like? also, lemon back in the medieval times. I feel like no lemon way. was like gold, wasn't it? I don't think it existed in medieval England. Well, I don't think you'd grow them. They're more like Seville or something, aren't they? Oh, and that's uh, a Spanish lemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Spain. I think <laughs> <laughs> medieval. Spain. That's the thing, right? Because in the UK, life wasn't fun until like the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> because fruit didn't exist. Um, and so... But in Spain, even in the 1500s, they had orange trees, they had lemons. They had the weather. They had the weather. So, you know, they had the right, and the uh, ocean. Lovely olive skin as well. Lovely olive Whereas skin. English people were just like translucent and cold. Yeah, and everyone died of a cough at the age of 27. Or syphilis, because they're all getting randy. Randy, <laughs> and there's no way to, to protect themselves. No, I think they use like sheep spoons. Yeah. Or like um, like a leather. It looks like a phone case. I've, se- I've seen a, I've seen an old timey. I don't think they use phone cases. Ones with radio does not endorse the use of sheep spleens for contraception. What about Mars bar wrappers? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, yeah, so we're indifferent. So um, that was the history of food, <laughs> history of cruel, um, and condoms. And yeah. condoms. One thing I was going to say is that 
I don't even know if it's going to be even remotely funny. <laughs> but my dad went on like a mad diet where all he ate was water and like oats. Yeah. And it, he did. Diet. He shed lots of weight. But well, at the would. same time, not a good existence. And yeah, he must have gone all pale. When he must, did he get scurvy? No. I th- well, I think he was also having like, I don't know, like some vegetables as well. But his breakfast was mainly like cold as well. It wasn't even hot. Because ah. the thing is, if you have ready break, that's, that's the money breakfast. What is... Because I thought about that. That's not normal porridge. I think it's like... It's like delicious, isn't it's it? It's like honey glazed porridge. Oats. Yeah. It's fantastic. Because you can get the syrup one as well. Oh, yeah. Mind blowing that stuff. Tons of additives, though. Yeah. Delicious additives. Delicious E-numbers. So, should we hit to a song and then yeah. we'll do some more food stuff? And if you still want to get in touch with us about our question, which, which was... The world record for the highest grape into mouth throw in feet. And if you get it, by the way, there is a prize. And yeah. the prize is a shouldn't you be working mug. Yeah. That we are that we've made. Which doubles up it, which has a lighter in the handle. And it also, you know, yeah, it keeps you drinking in it. Um, <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna go for an absolute classic. And we'll talk about our new campaign after this. DJ Robbie Williams is going live. Show, kicking with your torso Boys getting high and the girls even more so Wave your hands if you're not with a man Can I kick it? Yes you can! And you're back, which shouldn't you be working? Oh wait, was I cut off halfway through saying that or not? No, no, it's fine Sweet The song's just decided to keep going Oh, oh sweet It All can right. carry on So, we've rocked that DJ We've rocked that DJ You're back with Shouldn't You Be Working We're on every Sunday, Sunday one till three Three um, nice one. Uh, that was Robbie Williams, who is starting to become a mild feature of this show, like a bit of a stalwart, in that I want Robbie Williams <laughs> in the studio. Yeah. So just get in touch if you know him. It's not a big ask. Well, getting Robbie on. Williams on Wandsworth, isn't it? That's our hashtag. It's a hashtag. So, like, guys, start tweeting. Spread the... Well, I haven't tweeted about it yet. That's your tweet. Oh, you? right. And if you want to get in touch with Wandsworth Radio, go via Twitter at... Wandsworth Radio, or directly to our Twitter account, which is at SYB Working. Yes, so that's the Twitter hype over. And one more thing, actually, or my Instagram, at uh, Sam Lee Peck. Or my Instagram, at Shark Ellings. Shark Ellings. I like how Mark has finally got on the Instagram hype. Well, because I want some of the fame. <laughs> what? Of like, what, 150 followers? I want, I need it. Uh, so... Cut the jingle. Cut, <laughs> cut, cut that down. <laughs> um, so, yes, last night. No, yesterday. Yeah, you were hosting, right? Yeah, which you didn't turn up to. It's because I didn't want to. <laughs> but you <laughs> could have at least made an excuse. <laughs> no, but my excuse, and it wasn't even an excuse, I just went shopping instead, mate. I needed pants. I've got pants with holes in them where you sh- things should be protected. Pants? Have you got pants or boxes? I was wearing, I had to wear emergency pants last, like pants, like little boys pants. Yeah, Not my, little boys pants, little but boy, yeah. I was wearing my pants. You mean budgie smugglers? Budgie smugglers. I was wearing my budgie smugglers. My budgie smugglers. My budgie smugglers. I was wearing my buggy wuggers. And, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, they were restrictive. Um, but yeah. I had to get some new pants. So Cut I went and got pants, socks, and I bought a new like peacock shirt nice um emergency boxes yep mine are i've got two pairs of christmas themed boxes nice. so if i'm completely out you'll see me in august with father christmas boxes nice. which i think is very weird i'm like if anyone caught me uh, with, with i've my pants actually got a pair of pants that i wear if i have none left which are just 
boxers with the Muppets on them, yeah. and Kermit is in a very compromising place. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yes. nice. I, uh, if I'm completely out of pants, I just use a plastic bag, just put some holes in it. Yeah, if I'm completely out of pants, I will just wear no pants. That is, <laughs> I'm sorry, that is horrendous. I use the carrier bag, and you know where you you but carry the handles. I use them as legs. He he uses the plastic because he needs to because of his leaky bowels. Yeah. Right, right. Enough of this. <laughs> sorry, right. Right. While you debate why that is wrong, how about some news? That sounds good. If you open Sweet. my tab, please. Yes, sure. Is that the net news? That the other one. The other one, one to the left of it. All right. We're in. Hit us with that sweet news. Let's go for it. We love Wandsworth. And I tell you what also we love? Music. Music. And I tell you what else we love? Vibe. Vibe hunting. And we're about to go into our favourite feature. It's I'll show you mine. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Go on. Okay, okay yeah, sorry. All right. So essentially, <laughs> the concept is, I. <laughs> Stop dancing. Uh, the concept is, Mark likes rock music. I like dance music. We both choose songs for each other to listen to, and then we rate them and discuss them. This week's Mark's up first by selecting uh-huh. his song, which is. Is it Five Years Time by Knowing the World? It is. And you know what? Before we even listen to it, it's such a bad song. That's nah, really good. Whack it on, Joe. <laughs> Oh, we're in. That was my song. Wow, it's loud, man. Um, what do you think? That song reminds me of Heartbreak. <laughs> but how so? It's all about love. Well, yeah, of course. That's why it reminds me of Heartbreak. Because it's like, I remember listening to it, about to ask this girl out in year 10, who I really liked. Yeah. She did have a boyfriend. <laughs> and I was just like, I'll do it anyway. Stealer. Yeah, like a bit of a, yeah, that's my vibe. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially swoop in <laughs> yeah I was uh, I'd actually go on quite a few like mini dates with this girl as well but she's while, got a boyfriend yeah oh you're f- like friend zoned yeah I was so friend zoned yeah. don't get me wrong like so friend zoned and I remember like her boyfriend was a horrendously scary guy like bit of pikey <laughs> and he um, was literally uh, I swear I saw it. we were uh, we were walking in town together and we saw him on the bus and we saw him see us that we were together and I've never been more scared in my entire life <laughs> so that's no in the well reminds me of being scared of another person's boyfriend my friend was in a pub once and he was just staring into space but then the lead singer of no in the well walked over to him and went yeah it is me because apparently he'd been staring at him Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit arrogant. Bit arrogant. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I am from there in the world. But my mate had just been staring into space. That's not ideal, is He's it? He's talking to me, so I was obviously saying something very interesting at the time. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, God. Please shut up. But the song generally is actually quite a nice song. It's very nice. Everyone here in this studio was bopping their little noggins. It's true. But also, what? it really reminds me of Zane Lowe. Uh, yeah. Why? Well, I Did remember he write it? I remember, I think the first ever podcast I listened to was Zane Lowe's, like, weekly alternative music thing. And this is when, again, like, 
50, like 12 years ago now, I swear, when like podcasts weren't even a thing. Yeah. And I remember listening to that one being like, it's all right. Do you reckon Zane Lowe's loaded? He's, he's doing the Apple radio now, isn't he? He's, uh, he's, he's a head honcho for that. Which is, he's doing all right. And I bet Apple have been like, here's two million quid. Do you, I don't think that's okay. To oh. leave Radio 1? And Apple yeah. have got loads of money. Yeah, it's Highest true. market cap, bruh. It's very true. At what, 700 billion? 700, might break the trillion. The Trillo. The Trillo. <laughs> they're, aiming for the, they're aiming for the trills. They're going for the trills. Anyway, that's... We've that's got a market cap of about £30. Pounds. What, between us? Yeah. You're talking about you and a housemate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Jealous. what have you... Have you got your song coming up now? I have. And what my is song is an absolute anthem. And it's a pie anthem that I love and hold very dear. So be careful what you say yeah. about it. It's Calvin Harris, I'm Not Alone. Oh, Can you stay up for oh, the weekend? Back in. But before that, DJs. DJs. So that was I'll show you mine, and that was my song to mark, which was Harris. Not alone. Are you shouting into the mic? I don't know, but I was sounding especially quiet. With his mic up. I don't think it was. It was. It okay. was. All right. I think <laughs> I don't know if it was. Uh, you were like, I, I just couldn't hear myself. Um, but essentially. <laughs> Oh, don't change it. Oh, so, so, Harris. Yeah, Calvin Harris. That is an absolute tune, and if you dare say a bad word against it, I'll smash it. It is a banger. I think it was the first. I think Calvin Harris is the first live thing I saw because he was at Reading Festival. He's got the perfect life, hasn't he, Calvin Harris? Oh God, he does. I would literally kill everyone in this room to be Calvin Harris. I'll kill anyone in this room for saying something bad to me. So be careful. <laughs> yeah. So tread carefully. Everyone here is on a knife edge. Calvin Harris has acknowledged me before. Really? Yeah, so I was seeing him in Bristol at Motion Club. You should all check it out, it's amazing. Um, and Calvin Harris had just released that song. So he was, a, and he, so he was like transitioning into the DJ part of Calvin Harris's career because beforehand Morley he was before. very much almost like a pop star esque, wasn't he? Cause when he did the Merry Making at Moment. Yeah, exactly. Tune. Love Taking. Great song. And. Uh, damn, Hollywood, uh, Vegas. When I go to Vegas, yeah, yeah, yeah. banger. <laughs> um, but I was seeing him and he was getting ready for a DJ set and I saw him in the corner of the DJ stage, yeah, and I saw him and I went, come on! <laughs> Literally like, come on! <laughs> Shouting so loud and directly at him and I was like pointing at him. No one else, I think, had seen him yet at that time and he went, he just did that. He like pointed at me and went, oh. and I was like, <laughs> and I remember losing it I just I mean I'll lose it maybe because he's a DJ but also he's so good I mean I'm looking at Google Images and now incredibly good looking guy he's one of these guys that have done a huge transformation though I think so because like I'm looking at him now and he literally looks like he's been chiseled out of stone yeah because like, for a while he was gross he was like was he? some Scottish guy with long hair and a bit mank is he Scottish? yeah he's Scottish um, it's Harris. it's me Calvin Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it's um like Gary Barlow he, yeah. In the like, early 2000s, he was like obese and like a 20 a day lager drinker. Really? Yeah. Now, chiseled. Chiseled as a knife. As a knife. <laughs> He's a, a and like, knives are incredibly chiseled. <laughs> yeah, and they are Six knives as abs. All right, so for knowing the Whale, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Cool. And for Calvin Harris, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. That is the highest I've ever had and I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Cause Cause I, you, you can't know, 
You can't get that song wrong. I mean, no, no, that song's a banger. That is, but at the same time, I feel like if you put that on at a party, people would be like, "Boog, yeah. it's too dancey." Is that? And also, they'd be like, "Oh, like," because they they associate it with when it was like in vodka revs when they were eighteen years old. So they're like, "It's not trendy enough." Yeah, and I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's trendy. Someone last night put Avicii levels on, oh. and it went down incredibly well. <laughs> and I was like, this party. So I, I went to a party last night. And downstairs, there was a little DJ room. There was a kitchen where a lot of people were, and there was upstairs, which was for other stuff. Um, I, like, you know, people sat down and stuff. Um, and and when we were in the downstairs part, I was like, I'll do a bit of DJing. I was putting on, like, absolute, like, Did anyone ask pleasers. you to DJ, or did you just... It, there was no music on the, in that in that room, so uh, I took... I, I stood up. And by DJing, you said... Was it the auxiliary cable? Exactly. So you were just standing there with your phone? With my DJ app, though. You have a DJ? Oh, you're such a loser. No, nah, it's cool Stop being prepared. Stop hanging around with you, man. It's cool being prepared, mate. What? For DJ. I know, but when you bought that out, people must have, that must have been like the equivalent of you bringing like French bangers to a party. Everyone's like, loser. Well, or tarot cards. Tarot cards, much better example. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, French bangers, someone would be like, let's hang out with this kid. Yeah. Stuff's going to get crazy. Let's get into the garden and let those puppies <laughs> off. There was a bonfire last night as well. Really? Yeah, bonfire, which is sweet. What? Yeah, it was a sick party. Where was, where was the house? Uh, Brixton. It was literally five. This is like the God. dream party. This is why I didn't come to your brewery thing as well. <laughs> and by the way, you're listening to Shouldn't You Be Working one till three every Sunday and on the podcast and stuff. Random. It was, but I'll just keep dropping the name in because uh, apparently we don't say it enough. Okay. Um, but back to the story, perfect scenario for the party because five minutes away from my house, this party. Nice. That is like unheard of nowadays because it's usually, oh, I'm going to, you know, King's Cross. Eight trains. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm going to Woolwich ha- tonight. Yeah, Hackney Wick. And you're like, whoa, that's literally like 10 different train lines. It's, it's impossible to get to. Yeah. And then all my mates, and it was really fun. Sorry, that was about it. Um, um, well, you didn't come to my party, and uh, everyone, influencers, tastemakers, everyone was there. But what did you have at your party? I That had goes in with our theme. <laughs> for nine quid, a 300 piece buffet selection from Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what, what's Nine that again? quid for 300 pieces. And that was sausage rolls, mini pizzas, um, <laughs> sausages, uh, goujons. Goujons. Goujons went down, incre- obviously. Yeah, of course. I bet the mini, and, and you know what? That kind of pizza, gouge, chicken nugs. Yeah, well, yeah. gouge are nugs. Yeah, Posh I know. nugs. Posh nugs, breaded nugs. Um, but I mean, like, that is a crowd-pleasing plate if I've ever heard of It one. was so beige. Like, it was, like, <laughs> just a brown table. Did you have sauce? Of sauce. course. You can't have that stuff without sauce. Ladles of ketchup, because it's so dry. It's just a vessel for ketchup. Yeah. Everything, all of those beige items are a vessel for ketchup. I'll tell you what is also a vessel for ketchup, and this is controversial. All right, if that was even a word. Controversial. <laughs> controversial. <laughs> oh. I think breakfast is a vessel for ketchup. What do you mean breakfast? Like bacon and eggs. If you don't yeah. have ketchup on bacon and eggs, you might as well be eating cardboard. I mean, basically, ketchup is everything, isn't it? Every meal is improved with ketchup. Yeah, it's not ideal. We've actually just had our first tweet in. No way. Yeah. From someone we don't know. Someone we don't know. That's insane. Yeah. Are they going to win the mug? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul Mail, weird name. Um, Dude. Uh, Paul Mail, don't ridicule his name. Uh, you are not close with uh, 20 feet. You are way out, mate. Way, way out. out. You can send it in again if you want. Yeah, have another go. But all right, and I think. <laughs> Whip we it to do, a song? Yeah, we'll go to a song, and then we're going to talk about 
some Victorian food. And then we've got our guest who's literally waiting for us there. Looking and like I can't believe you found the building. It's so hard to find this place. And it looks like a spy as well, doesn't it? He does. It looks good. <laughs> Don't you? All right. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll have your minute. <laughs> I've been walking side. around for 10 minutes. I've been walking around for 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, then. So let's go to the song, which is Evacuate the Dance Floor by Cascade. Oh! And we're back. We shouldn't you be working on Wandsworth Radio? <laughs> and drop he- your headphones. <laughs> my headphones fell off. Mark's standing now. Classic. Well, I know. I'm, I'm trying to sit down, but also <laughs> trying to talk through the mic at the same time. Down. In. Yeah. Victorian food. I wish we had a jingle for this. Where's yeah. the loot when we need one, Joe? You've got a loot. Please say you've got a loot. A loot, a loot, a loot. So, Victorian food. <laughs> Victorian food. Again, incredibly bland. I, I, my view on all old food as well is that salt didn't exist salt was like more expensive than gold no that's not true salt was fine it was sugar that was incredibly expensive i still think idiot no 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 i don't think <laughs> but when they were part think about pirates yeah yeah what about them they'd have they'd salt all their food maybe i don't know we should probably check if because this could be a battle who's right mark or sam okay so we're back to medieval foods right yeah what right. we got what have we got uh, so what we've got is this article so one thing is they used to eat boiled calves heads which is mank. Boiled cow, oh, baby uh, cows. Baby ca- cow's heads. Do you still do that in like Morocco and that? That's a speciality, like half a cow's head. That's mank as well. To be fair, if you've been to Dalston Kingsland Market, oh yeah, that the like you just see like whole ki- like pigs' faces, and it's like oh my god, I walked through there on a hangover once, and I was literally like, <laughs> yeah, because it's like a raw meat everywhere. It's like Brixton Market. You remember when we went back to that girl at the girl's house for a house party? Yeah. And um, she lived above the fish market. And she opened a window, and it just stunk of fish. Yeah, and I was like, how do you live here? Because it's like, Whoa. She literally lived on Electric Avenue. And and, and she rocked down 30 to seconds. <laughs> cool. Uh, literally, on Electric Avenue, was paid £500 a month. Yeah, I know. Which is absolutely But it madness. was tiny, and it stank of fish. It did. It, was, it wasn't lovely. One other thing on the medieval food front, calves foot jelly. Uh, that sounds absolutely disgusting. You get that in the market as well. What? Tr- trotters everywhere. Just quickly as well, because we're running out of time, I walked through that market once, and I found... 60 pounds in cash and it was the best thing I've ever found it was literally groundbreaking and on that we're going to some news Wandsworth Radio you're with me Sam Peck and Mark Hellings for Radio Hour the radio hour. Welcome to Radio Hour. Where we talk about radio for a whole hour. I actually <laughs> listened to one radio show that was on Office Space. What, really? Yeah, it was like on... I know that we do it on like interviewing people who have got dream jobs and finding out if the expectation meets the reality, which I think is more interesting than genuine Office Space. But what, you, what were they talking about? Like they this had, one's a bigger bigger office? They had like the head of like Foxton corporate... Commercial. Commercial real estate. And like he was like... So you know the the office space, and I was like, "Is that interesting?" No, it was it was so boring. But anyway, we're talking about food. Today. I thought you were talking about your money on the floor. Oh yeah, and also, so if you were if you didn't hear five seconds ago, I was walking in Dalston in their market at late at night, around probably midnight, going to the Nest, which is a great club. And <laughs> as I was walking, I found sixty whole pounds on the floor. What did you do with it? Stupidly, and I regret this to this day. Massive, massive regret of mine. I gave twenty pounds of it to my friend. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, you handed it in. No, no, no. I gave £20. Stupidly handed it in to the police. <laughs> Why did I do that? But no, do you think it was stupid to give £20? Uh, but, well, I think it's the... I found £50 on the floor, and I bought everyone a Starbucks coffee, because I was like, that would come to a tenner. It came to about 45 <laughs> quid. I was what? furious. But the most I've ever found on the floor, or on a bus, I found 250 quid. What? Yeah. Really? And I took... Because I was, like, 15 at the time, so I, like, I freaked out. <laughs> like... And then I told my mum, and she was like, she made me take it to the police station. And then the police, no one claimed it, so they gave it back to me. Mum gave it to charity. Oh, my word. I know. Is it I, Jane, your mum? Yeah. Jane. I know. Unbelievable. She's like, well, that can go to charity. And it's like, that's 250 quid when you're 15 years old. That's like 250 million quid. You might as well be able to get a flat with that, like <laughs> a 15-year-old's flat. Like, that would be a sweet idea for business what 15 year old flats <laughs> flats for 15 year olds or like you know cheaper apartments because kids can't afford as much we used to when me and my mates like were 15 we were like when we're older we'll just buy one big house between us right <laughs> and uh, looking back at that now I'd be like that would be awful <laughs> yeah be like, that sounds really busy and messy yeah like 12 guys in a house like this is the worst idea ever i live with six people and that's bad enough one reason why to tie back into the food is ketchup we buy a bottle mm. of ketchup and that goes like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like a glass of water <laughs> in the middle of the desert. People are like, <laughs> just slurping that down. Uh, yeah, so uh, back to the Victorian recipes, right? Yeah, yeah, go on. And during the song we were, <laughs> I just randomly went, what is a soused pig's face? Because <laughs> it looks like, we're, what we're seeing is a lot of these things are very visual. <laughs> yes, say. they are. Someone has flattened a pig's face into what looks like a plate and dried it. So it's, it's a pit. Oh, so it's a pig head spoiled for hours with cow's heels. I don't know why. <laughs> why do they think cow's heels were delicious? Or yeah, rubbed with salt before being brined for several days. The brine was flavored with lemon, lime, pepper, and a touch of cayenne pepper. Uh, the dish of snout, ears, eyes, and grinning jaw was served with mustard and vinegar. It sounds like someone deliberately tried to make the most <laughs> disgusting meal they possibly could. That is, and also the picture of it, and we will put it on Twitter, literally right now, because I can copy and paste that image. Um, <laughs> Easy. All rights reserved. <laughs> yeah, all rights reserved. Cheers, to BuzzFeed. Listverse. Oh, Listverse. <laughs> What's Listverse? Probably a BuzzFeed ripoff, which we're now ripping off. <laughs> well, it's the circle of life. <laughs> the circle of life, man. So um, what? <laughs> but the picture is actually disgusting, because it's just like, they haven't even got rid of the eyes. The eyes are there. So it's got like, eyes are open. Yeah. And it's just this flattened pig's face. I know. And all the, the eyes have gone like kind of pale in that from all the death. Do you think like back in the day they made all these really horrible foods because like there was such little flavour that they had to just go for horrible <laughs> flavours? That's literally it. Like, as I said, like, I mean, it w and it, this wasn't even like a long time. I think if you like ate in the 40s, you were eating this. <laughs> yeah, you weren't far of like tripe. It was like everyone was like, oh, have you got your lard ration? Oh, yeah, get in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lard and bread again. Mm, can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, one more Victorian thing. Have you got another I one? I just want... This one's just called Slink. <laughs> I saw Slink. Uh, what is it? When cows and sheep are slaughtered, <laughs> if they're pregnant, they... Oh, oh this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> they often spontaneously abort a fetus. <laughs> and the fetus is removed and processed and eaten. Sorry. Are we allowed to say that? Probably. I don't think it's so. a Victorian meal. Slink. That is, that is the worst thing I think I've ever heard. In I my know. Life. A, a unique, taboo, somewhat legendary delicacy <laughs> in the, uh, from Anglo-Indian cuisine. Heard. It's a legendary delicacy. You've got to be a legend to <laughs> You've eat. You've got to be a legend. And there's. Wait, are you doing something? Are we going to a song? In <laughs> yeah, a let's go to a song. Let's, to a let's, song. Talk, let's think about Slink for a while. 
And that was Life is a Flower by Ace of Base. Dedicated to the last Victorian recipe on our list, which is flower soup. A simple recipe. (laughs) It is just flour and water. That's not a a meal. No. What what did you say that was? Joe said it was wallpaper paste. Ooblek. (laughs) Ooblek. Can we say ooblek? I feel like that's a slur. What is it? What is it? No, it's non-Newtonian fluid. Oh, right. A non-Newtonian fluid. Ketchup's uh, non-Newtonian fluid. Whoa, we're all learning things every day. Science can be cool. But we're now still on the theme of food, and we're moving now to celebrity chefs. Yeah, before Maximilian, our food expert, comes on. Yeah, food enthusiast, foodiest. So, uh, who's your... A foodiest. A foodiest. A foodiest. <laughs> oh, I love foodiest. Yeah. Um, so, who's your favourite celeb chef? Um, I'd probably go for Ken Hom. Ken Hom? Yeah. Is it Ken Hom? Why? Because he's an absolute legend. It's not Ken Hom who you're talking about. No, I, I mean Ken Hom. I bloody love Ken Hom because he's a G. <laughs> he's just the coolest chef that's out there. Or Rick Stein. Do you, you know why Rick Stein? Yeah. Because he has the actual best life. All, uh, I know. All he does is just go to India on a train and then goes, oh, I'm going to take your recipe and just put some fish in it. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> don't just do that. Stop. How like, does he swindle those gigs? Like, I was watching the TV the other day and Rick Stein just randomly came on and it was like, Rick Stein does the French Riviera. I know, and it's just like, that's, that's a very, very cool gig. I want the French Riviera gig, and I'd also quite like uh, the new host of Saturday Kitchen. Do you, have you seen it? It's not uh, that guy, James Martin, anymore. No. It's a new one. I don't know. But do you think, I mean, do you watch Sunday Brunch? Yes. That's an awkward show, because it's, it's like eight people in a room randomly talking stuff, and then the presenter makes it more awkward. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, who's like the host? Uh, there's two guys. Tim Lovejoy. Yeah. Is that Sunday Brunch? Yeah, Sunday Brunch. Tim Lovejoy and Simon Rimmer, the bald guy, right? Simon Rimmer's, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he's getting quite a good career going now. Is he the chef? He's like, the he's, chef, He does yeah. the cooking. Yeah. I, I just think, you know what, like, as jobs go, that's got to be the most taxing one because you don't, like, and I know everyone's like, but they're just chatting. Imagine trying to cook dinner and host a show. Yeah. And I think Sunday Brunch is like three hours long. How do you talk for that long? And it's and the segments they have. I mean, I know we've got weird segments, but when they go to an advert break, they pay. They play thirty seconds halfway through a random song. Like they're like, and this is now the new song from Kate Nash, and it's just halfway through random. Don't know what it's about. Ads. Yeah. Come back, and then it's like football highlights, and then they're like, "Welcome back to Sunday brunch." <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, we're gonna have some kind of weird conversation. Yeah. So, and now so we're we, cooking a sea bream. Yeah. So we've got Johnny from Razorlight cooking us a sea bream. <laughs> yeah. And they always get it wrong. I mean, we don't do our research, but they're like, "Oh, and uh, you're out when? When's the baby due?" And then, and then they're like, "No baby." And you're like, and then they're like, "Oh, awkward again." <laughs> Another one. We did it again, lads. <laughs> um, who's your favourite celebrity chef? Well, I think. It used, I think he comes and goes, but I think Gordon Ramsay's probably the mainstay, right? Yeah. Because he provides the most badinage. And he is just super jokes. He is exceptionally rude on, uh, what is it, Kitchen Hell or something like that. Yeah, where he literally just like swears and is kind of abusive to people. <laughs> he does. I th- you know, have you seen that one, like the well-known one where he calls someone an idiot sandwich? Which is jokes. Like, he puts someone's head between two loaves of bread and says you're an idiot sandwich imagine actually someone doing that to you you surely could be like that's abuse i think in 20 years time there will there'll be an investigation about like a, a, a people taking it too far on tv yeah which 
has already happened in the past. Which is, and we won't touch on that. <laughs> but I think that's different vibes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also, Gordon Ramsay's also an absolute legend on Twitter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're trying to find some of the best, but he comes, I mean, people submit their rubbish meals don't they and he insults them have you got any of the good insults i've got one that's like it got forty thousand retweets and i would honestly say that's not worth it because i think it's so lazy uh michelle or at shady adore at gordon ramsay are you allergic to anything and gordon ramsay put back vegans yes and i'm like does that deserve forty thousand retweets and he's got into trouble for that has he why uh, well, it's not, you know, you're you're demonising a population. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> I was like, but, but the vegans were. <laughs> the vegans were. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, vegans aren't a punchline. No, I know. They're saving the planet. They're saving the planet. We're all going to have to be vegans eventually with the way animal production's going. I thought you were gonna, we were all going to be like vegans slash eating insects. Yeah, yes. Cockroach farms in China. That's where it's happening. Is it? That's where you want to put your money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a thousand pounds to invest, cockroach farms... In China. Straight to cockroach farms. Yeah, we're all going to have to eat insects uh, because cows take up too much room. Yeah, they do. And also, they produce a lot of methane. Have yes, you, 50%. Nice one. Have yes, you got geez. any other one? Um, I've got, he's, uh, someone submits some scrambled eggs saying, I'm just following you to tell you I'm a better chef than you. And he says, that the scrambled eggs looks like a pan full of rubber bullets, which they do. Nice. Again, maybe this is a more visual medium. I think one more. Let's try it. Let's really kick the uh, the proverbial out of it. Uh, this is at Alex Heap. Uh, he says, at Gordon Ramsay, what do you think? Three stars, and it's like a smiley face, and it's three sausage rolls with a splurge of mustard. I saw that one, and, this, and they, they've done quite a good flick with the mustard to make it look gourmet. Yeah, I think, you know what, as it goes, it was quite jokes. And he just put, you've got a great future in my industry as a customer. Yeah. Which I think is all right. Very actually. nice. <laughs> and that only got 24,000. The vegan thing should have got more. But you know what? I bet the vegans were retweeting it being like, you're a monster. Peter got involved. Peter who? P-E-T-A, you know. Oh, Peter. All right. He said Peter got involved on the text. And Pete, I was like, who? Peter got involved. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Go on. Peter uh, went, meant, I think they threatened to kill him because I think Peter will threaten to kill you if you cough loudly in front of them. Really? Like they really love it. Yeah. Crikey. And we actually got another tweet. <laughs> oh my God. What? 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 what uh, and they got it? Uh, no. Again, <laughs> you got it incredibly close to the last one to uh, Paul. Is it still a low ball? It's, he, they said 19. No. And that, was, that was Steve Duran. You guys really got to get your uh, get higher because the guy who did this obviously has a lot of arm strength. Yeah, like incredible arm strength. And you know what, guys? There's a mug that says shouldn't you be working up for grabs? And if it doesn't go on the show, it's going to go to Joe and he'll have his fifth mug. So you got five mugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. I've only got four in my <laughs> house. Oh, mug, mug related story for you. Yeah. So when I was working as a gardener at a well-known housing development company, um, Barrett Homes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Others are available. Taylor Wimpy. <laughs> Taylor Wimpy. There, there we go. Balanced view. There's more than two. Uh, Is Mace. there? Mace. Um, Mace. Anyway. Are they house builders? No, I think they're more like commercial. Oh, anyway, okay. we, we've got a, um, anyway, I was doing some work there and I went into the head office and they were clearing out their office and they were moving, I think, in Southampton. Yeah. And they got out maybe four full boxes of mugs and I was like, all random kind of mugs, like best dad, yeah. you know, golfer, lovely mum, some, like, <laughs> some stuff like that, you know. And they were like, we're just going to chuck them. And I put my entrepreneurial brain hat on and yeah. went, I'll have those mugs. And they were like, you sure? 
And I was like, yeah, I'll take probably like a good 150, 200 mugs. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to uni, going back to uni second year in two weeks. I'll sell them at Freshers Week. Oh, you're so for 50p a mug or something. You want to be that guy. Yeah, like a wheeler dealer, Alan Sugar, go to Dragon's Den kind of vibe, yeah. being like, well, I've been selling mugs out the back of me van for weeks, he's mate. selling mugs since he was 50. He sold his first mug when he was 15, and now he's a billionaire. And now he owns the biggest mug empire, <laughs> worth nearly £130. And he bought a controlling share of Virgin. <laughs> yeah, he now owns Virgin mugs. <laughs> um, but they are still in my garage. Well, that must be incredibly inconvenient for your parents. <laughs> yeah, my mum actually, it's not true. My mum moved house recently and she just chucked 150 <laughs> mugs away. Sorry, uh, no mug related stories for me. Have you got a celebrity chef story though? No, maybe. Well, oh, let's have a song and then we'll go to that, yeah? And then we've got our food enthusiast, Max McBridge, coming up in the next yeah. five, ten minutes. He's looking like he's getting a bit antsy. He is. He so said his parents around the radio waiting. So. All right, cool. So this is Marie by Blondie. Enjoy. She moves like she don't care. back we shouldn't you be working it's sam peck and mark ellings and we have got our guest in the room with us he's which is warming up doing his levels he's clapping he's clapping it's uh max mcbridge he, he just brushed the microphone we'll have him oh, in sorry. a second oh you're Don't in you hello hello there he is <laughs> no oh no you, you ruined that no we'll, we'll come in with max in a second but first things first back you, to our story back to stories about celebrity chefs i delivered a, I, I i helped heston blumenthal with a fridge i think it, that's how you are going to tell the story. <laughs> that's that's it. Just when go I in. worked at um, an adventure park, Longridge, back home for my work experience, two there weeks are, work experience. There are other adventure parks available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to ride out around on a quad bike with gypsies for two weeks. <laughs> that sounds amazing. They all lived on the site, like in a caravan circle. Do you know Romany gypsies? No. Uh, <laughs> well, let's just move on then. Uh, so, um, I we we dropped off a fridge. Yeah. And I uh, had to help Heston Blumenthal carry it in. Wow, that's yeah. quite a good one. What's the fat duck? Oh, uh, well. Was the fat duck? It was the fat duck. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wow. very near where we are. He knows. All right, and my quick celebrity story before we bring in Max, maybe have a quick song because oh no, wait, what time are the adverts on in six <laughs> minutes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, we'll have a song and then we'll. Yeah, we'll about. have a song. Um, my one was that I was at Marco Pierre White's restaurant. <laughs> In Hamble somewhere, don't know the name of it. Sorry, Marco. Hamble. Sorry, Big Marco. Yeah, yeah. is I that think a place? Yeah, ha no, oh, Hamble, not Hamble. Hamble is a place, but it's Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, Hamble is a place in Hampshire. I think you made up Hamble. I pretty certain it's a river sounds place. like Womble. I think Hamble's a river. River Hamble. Is it? Carry on then. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so we were at Marco Pierre White's restaurant. I don't know why. I think we might have had some food there, actually. Probably why. Um, and then this Range Rover pulled up. Guess who came out? Marco Pierre White. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I've got another story Guess as well. Guess who came out? I've got another one as well, quick. So, Marco Pierre White came out, and then his son came out as well, and he looked like such a massive person. Um, like He looked like a total... Dude. Bad, bad dude? Bad dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, cringy bad dude. Okay. Yeah, and it was like, loser. Um, but he thought he was really cool, essentially. Wow. Okay. And also, he probably is quite cool, because his dad's a millionaire, famous chef. But my other <laughs> quick story about celebrity chefs is, I used to work at Jamie's Italian. Did yeah, you? In Bristol. 
Yeah. What did you do there? Uh, I started as a pot wash and then worked my way within like three months to be the host. And it was the best job I've ever had. The maitre d'. The maitre d'. I was literally there like, let me take you to a table. And people would tip me being like, get us a good table. That's and I'd be like, no. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no power. But I, Yeah, there's a system and people have books and it's fully booked. Uh, but I do remember taking one tip once and being like, they were like, get us a good table. And the restaurant was empty. And I was like, let me take you this work. <laughs> I'll take you from the, Thank you very much. But my story about that was I was working at Jamie's Italian and they said, come in at 6 a.m. on like a Saturday. And I was like, oh. that is madness, but I'll do it. Went in and guess who was there? Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? Marco Pierre White. And he cooked us a really nice breakfast and he had his like right hand chef man there. And who was the Italian guy? I saw what? it on the on the TV show, but I forgot the name. Oh, Italian! He, like yeah, his, he his, found it together with an Italian guy. Yeah, he's like oh, he's like cooking dad as such. He's Giorgio like Locatelli? yeah, it might be that one. Giorgio Locatelli. What are your guys on about? But no, essentially like uh, Jamie. He, he Jamie went Oliver. he went to Italy once, and then he did a big um, tour there. And then he met this one guy. He was also from I think from London or somewhere. And then he said, "Oh yeah, cool. Um, let's start a restaurant idea." I think it was ten years ago. Yep. And then he starts Jamie's Italian. So he's the main like the creative ah. guy in the background. So Jamie's and just the name. he's using more or less the name. Lovely. But he loves Italian food apparently. Yeah. And when we met him, and essentially he asked me, "Have you got any business ideas? Because we want to get the Bristol." Jamie's Italian, like better, and you guys work here. You'll he know. Asked, mm-hmm. No, he asked everyone. He was like, "You guys will know what is a good idea." And I said, "There's no outside area, so <laughs> could you do like a roof conversion to get some sweet sun seats?" Yeah. And he was like, "Anyone else got an idea that won't cost me four hundred thousand pounds?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, "Could we get like a helicopter pad on the roof?" <laughs> Has anyone thought about flumes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside flumes. Everyone likes water slides. I thought about that. And so I, I think we're gonna have a quick song. Song arch. What we got? And then we're gonna go to some adverts and then we've got our very special guest, Max, Max McBridge, Foodiast, aka food enthusiast. <laughs> Let's go. Counting the hours with nothing to say. You're back with Shouldn't You Be Working with Sam Peck and Mark Helling. And we are very lucky to be joined today by restaurant and food enthusiast Max McBridge. He's been, over his last three years of being a, like a food and restaurant enthusiast, he's gone to nearly 200 restaurants and was it, did you still say? counting. And still counting. And you said 12 Michelin star restaurants? Yeah, so basically this whole stuff happened three or four years ago. And it was a good friend of mine and she said, oh, I never went to a one star restaurant and um, I did it before in Germany. And um, they said, yeah, sure, let's go to a nice one. Um, it was Seven Park. It's in St. James. So we started that three years ago, and then we called it the Fine Dining Club. So we always try to invite new people. Um, and then we're going nearly every month at least once to a one star, and we try to work our way up. Um, sometimes we're mixing a little bit, but all in all, um, so from all different kind of restaurants, so from sushi to Italian, um, obviously British, uh, let's say the amount are less, obviously. Yep. Um, <laughs> but um, French is very popular, and that's obviously because of the tradition of the Michelin um, stories or how Michelin works. Uh, people know if you want to have a star, you go French. Um, but that's remind me, funny story about chefs and meeting celebrity chefs. Um, I Once I went to, in Munich, there's a very famous one. It's like the birth 
place of fine um, fine cuisine. It's called Tantris. It's a very famous restaurant in Munich, and they had uh, a very f or I still have a very famous chef there, Hans Haas. And so I went there with my uncle, and so it was a very lovely lunch, and we had a few people, and I always asked about the food and the wines, and um, I think because of that, people thought I. I know my stuff, I don't mm. know. But then in the end, so I said, just as a joke more, oh, I would like to say thank you to the chef. And um, it was really nice food. And she said, yeah, sure, come with me. I said, all right, <laughs> okay, cool. So then I went in front of the kitchen door and I thought I'm just waiting there and he's coming out. And she said, no, no, no come in, come in. So, so then I went inside the place and I saw him there on um, in the kitchen working, and then he went to me and said, hello, my name is Hans Haas, and you are the food critic from Michelin. I said, no, no, I'm just a humble person who's enjoying <laughs> good food. So he really, and then he looked <laughs> oh, at me and said, really? oh, yes, you do. Oh. So he really believed that I was a food critic from Michelin. And I said, no, <laughs> oh, well, oh, definitely that not. Why? <laughs> so it was really funny. That. And that. then that's where my passion and love, it was 10 years ago now, yeah. Oh, and and do you go to every restaurant now going, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Michelin restaurant critic. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I am. <laughs> Are you now pronouncing twinker, twinker. it Michelin? Oh, what is it? Michelin or Michelin? Oh, Michelin. Is it Michelin? Michelin? I would say Michelin. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. You've never pronounced it Michelin until Max said it. I don't know. I'm, I'm German, so we say everything wrong. So for that reason, as somebody who speaks French, I would say Michelin. 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 Do you speak French? Uh, uh, I went to the only Michelin-starred restaurant in the Alps accidentally because all i wanted was chips when i was skiing but i had to go for some it was like a foamed mush it was foamed mashed potato in a jam jar so you went for proper chips yeah i High just wanted the chips <laughs> so it sounds like someone's building a bridge in a studio <laughs> but it's just sam messing around with the mic so should we uh should we ask the food experts some questions yeah you're starting right i'll start have you done your desert island this intro yeah oh because you normally trip over it. It's normally I so bad. That's the thing. It's usually so bad, but this Stand week it was slick. Today we're with an army soldier and he's my friend. That's how it normally is. It's because Mark's usually there going, don't choke, bro. <laughs> and it's just like, you're supposed to support me, but he never supports me. So, questions I have. Oh, when I on the theme of what we've been talking about with medieval food and a lot of disgusting food, the most, in these fine dining restaurants, sometimes you get weird dishes. My worst food I've ever eaten was smoked horse in Iceland, and it literally tasted like feces. Oh. Um, so what is the most disgusting flavor you've ever had? Well, I would say um, it's not really fine dining, but it was all dining, let's call it that way. Mm -hmm. um, I used to work and live in Hong Kong. So we went to a dim sum place. Uh, dim sum is like pasta, Chinese pasta, basically. Mm. So I went there with a date, and I was very happy. And I said, oh, cool, so you speak the language, and so you can translate. She said, no, no, I'm, I'm Chinese, so I'm speaking Chinese and not Mandarin. I said, well, um, so, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, wrong word. We <laughs> do not swear. It's fine. No, we are not so basically, I was uh, shocked. Um, and then we went to this place, and they spoke only Cantonese. So it basically, it's like lottery. So you went there, you have this kind of small little basket, and then you open it, and you try to find out what is inside. And then it was duck feet. So, um, oh, what? Which, um, was duck feet? Not too bad, but it's really... It was really weird structure, so it was really weird. What what was the it. texture like? It's very chewing, I would say. It's like if you have chewing gum, but it's not really chewing gum. Like the oh. feet. Is it? Yeah, the feet. Like it's basically when you put your finger and it. Yeah, I think because uh, in South Africa they eat chicken feet, and I've had them, and yeah. the bones turn into like cartilage, Correct. and yeah. so they're like gooey. 
That yeah. sounds absolutely disgusting. Yeah, but you haven't got a refined palate, Sam. I think I had steak tartare, and that was the grossest thing I ate. <laughs> you don't like you, you, you don't <laughs> like steak tartare. No, it's gross. I it? love steak tartare. It's raw meat. Oh, but with an That's because you just want pizza and chips. But one other thing as well that I had that was especially disgusting once is my mum was cooking me a delicious steak dinner, and I was coming home like this is going to be amazing. Got to the table, tucked into the steak dinner. And it was the most fishy steak I've ever had. And it was like, <laughs> like literally, because I was expecting delicious beefy steak and it was a tuna steak. Oh, and then most people would absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. So basically your mom is never cooking for you again. Nah, so said, oh, never again. This guy. So next, now we've done the disgusting food, moving on to what you like the most. What one meal have you eaten and would you eat for the rest of your life if you had to? Mine would be curries. So my one uh, tuna tartare. So I had one. Of, yeah, sorry. I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> tuna tartare. Tuna tartare. I love it. I always order it as a starter. I had once a very nice one in St. James um, near the um, Barry's Brothers, a small little French restaurant. And the great part was traditional avocado. That's normal. But then you had uh, watermelon on it and then tuna tartare on top. It was really delicious. Nice. Sounds great. It's really fruity, summerly. Um, so if you, ha if you have a chance in England to have one day of summer, enjoy tuna tartare. Well, what about tuna tartare? And where would you go, did you say? So it, it's, I forgot the name already. It's, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it was not a star restaurant, maybe that's oh, the reason. Okay. <laughs> but it was a restaurant just, um, if you're standing for Barry's Brothers, it's this old wine shop, um, which is um, which also delivered the royal family. That's the reason why I know it. And then on the left, there's the French restaurant. Something with B, it starts with B, some typical French name. Nice. Okay, bistro. Um, <laughs> bistro, bistro, yeah. B, um, bistro. <laughs> sort of from the nose. I, um, what about, but you, do you not like tuna in general, Sam? Uh, not a mad fan. But what about... Fat tuna mayo sandwich. Disgusting. No, 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 but mayo out of the gills. No, that's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of, uh, what's it called, tuna mayo. Gross. I like how we're all on our phones right now. Somewhere. No, because I've got the question. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just on Facebook, just like. <laughs> just chilling out. What's going on? So, yeah, so why did you start, no, enthusiasm for food. W why would people start blogs? What, what's kind of yeah. the interest there? I think there's two ways how you see it. So the one way is obviously people like to share. Mm -hmm. And the other way is people want to go to commercial. So in my case, it's I like to give people ideas of restaurants because I think we are going to, you know, Nando's around the corner and all kind of stuff. But I think sometimes you should treat yourself well, forget reality for a while and, well, dive into this kind of different world and treat yourself very well. And... Um, with me, that's the reason why commercial is not really working because like restaurant like Nobu or Alente Cas, all these restaurants, they will not pay me for, okay, yeah, sure, Max, come around and give us critic for our food. So that's not really working. So you see a lot of food blockers, especially in the, I call the middle range and lower range. So like there are people saying, okay, I'm trying all the curries in Brick Lane, for example. So, but I said, my personality is I like fine dining privately, so that's the reason why I said it's easy. Because in the end, when you're a blocker, it doesn't matter food or fashion, you need to um, bring content out. So if you do something, so in my world, if I say I do normal food curries in Brick Lane, I'm going there maybe once a quarter. So obviously mm. the content will be very low. So fine dining is easy because I'm going there and I'll take a small little snap. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, and last question from me before Sam does his useless questions. Okay, the interesting ones. Because <laughs> um, we covered the celeb chef, so I won't do that. But where would you suggest, as Valentine is coming up, um, a reasonably priced restaurant in London that will make you look like a suave gent to lady or gentleman you're taking on the date? 
So there's the big question, what is reasonable? Reasonable. <laughs> oh, what's well, reasonable? Well, reasonable 100 pounds a head? Yeah, 100 pounds a head. Okay, that's not too bad. So reasonable for Sam I'm is joking. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, oh, okay. No, reasonable for Sam is like a meal deal. It's three pounds. But okay, okay. I'd say, oh, 40 quid a head, would you say? I'd say, I'd say. Then you came to the wrong person. For, for Valentine's Day, I'd say 60 to 70 pounds. 60 to 70 pounds a head. So, um, Okay, so the problem with Valentine's is obviously when you're going now, everything's booked out already. So you should go probably to the one where you do walk-ins. A problem with walk-in is obviously, um, I had once a funny experience. I took a girl to a date which called Jose. Jose is a wonderful tapas place in um, near Tower Bridge. Um, it's beautiful, very good food. Problem is walk-in. So we went there and then in the end, um, so the house guy, so how long will it take? So yeah, one hour if you're lucky. So then we're standing no. there, had one bottle of wine already till we start with the real food and the real wine and drinking. So um, if you have a date where, okay, I can, well, I can drink with you a lot, then fair enough, go to walks in. But um, I like, uh, for example, a very nice one for a first date, maybe a little social. Um, little social is in Mayfair. It's a beautiful small restaurant. If you say, okay, we go with a starter, a meal, a main and pudding, small one, and a glass of wine, you could go around 60 without um, service. Obviously. And will there be celebrities in there? Um, in this one, maybe not. If you want to go for celebrities, then obviously Ivy is a perfect address. Is that actually like, are there always celebrities? What about Gaucho? Is that the same sort of deal? Nah, definitely not. No? No. Nah. So, but uh, <laughs> Ivy, I mean, Ivy is, funny side fact, is Ivy is the one of the two restaurants where the Queen went for private dining. So Ivy is the one, and the other one is also in Mayfair, small French bistro, basically. It's um, just opposite of Umo, which is a um, sushi place, two-star. Very good, by the way. Lovely. Lovely. So, first dates, little social. If you want celebrities, the Ivy. Correct. Because the Queen's been there. So, what we're going to do, we'll have a quick song. And wow, I'll tell you a quick story about the Ivy as well. Uh, my dad was there, and guess who was in the restaurant like whilst he was there? Gary Barlow, which actually ties in very nicely with the next song, which is Take That by Patience. Love no, Patience, Patience by, by Take, take That. that. No. <laughs> And you're back. That was Take That with Patience. What a tune. And I ruined it the first time around. But you are listening to Shouldn't You Be Working every Sunday, 1 till 3 p.m. with Sam Peck and... Mark Ellings. Yes. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by Max McBridge, a food enthusiast and Instagrammer, really, I suppose. Uh, or a foodiast or fifth grammar. Um, I don't know if that works. Foodiast. So now the, the whole point of these interviews is to speak to people who have got interesting and dream jobs to find out if the reality meets the expectation. And Mark's done his silly questions, so now we can get on with some more interesting topics. So first one for you, Max McBridge. Yes. How yeah. do you approach food critiquing? Um, it's, uh, for, for me personally, it's all about harmony. So you go there and you, um, like for example, the example with the tuna tartare, so it should be a perfect mix. Um, I, it, it's, I think food critic in general, it's, very, um, it's a very personal thing. So obviously only because you like it doesn't mean it's good or bad. Maybe somebody else doesn't like it differently. And especially Michelin, the, the critic and the tester out there, they are really like, they have this kind of booklet where they say, okay, it has to be French or more or less they like the French style. 
it doesn't mean that it is really good or it be, it be really bad. It's up to you. And I always said, I have a friend in Hong Kong and he likes to like go weird numbers, like with wine testing. So he said, okay, this wine has whatever, like 955. And that's the reason why it's a good wine. I personally think it should be about how you like the taste, if it's fit very well with the menu. So that's how I go there. And it's all about your personal taste. And when you are going to these restaurants, will you have just one main or do you ask for a selection how do you get like a good understanding of what's on the so i personally always go with a start and a main i'm not a huge fan of puddings um the reason for Crazy. that is yep. um because especially here in england they're very very sweet i'm my mom um she introduced me to italian cuisine it's very light and so i like it light puddings basically like um uh, like ter tiramisu is not really light no food? <laughs> maybe <laughs> but yeah. um so um yeah, so that's um, one way. Um, if you're going for the people out here, if you go and want to test and find out how good the chef is, I would say maybe the tasting menu, you have a different variety. The problem with tasting menu is they prepared in advance, so it's not really like the, the, what all what the chef can do. So if, you want, if you're really, really brave and bold, you go there and say, surprise me do something. I did it once or twice, uh, especially sushi, and say, I don't want a tasting, I don't want the menu, just what the chef thinks is the best today. Um, it went so far very well. Really? Yeah. That's that's brave though, isn't that's it? That's very brave, yeah. yeah. But that's one idea you can really find out how good he is. And I know you say it hasn't really backfired, but has it slightly backfired yet? Have you had something that you're like, I would not usually choose this? So with the tasting menus, unfortunately, yes. Um, first of all, they're prepared in advance. Secondly, um, some restaurants have a really high um, like reputation and they come there. So I went once to a restaurant, I don't want to mention the name, but uh, David Cameron was sitting just one uh, table on my wow. right. And so um, probably he enjoyed it, maybe he was invited. I paid for it 150 and more, um, just for five or four dishes. And it was, it sounds hard, just average. So. Oh, oh, really? But that sometimes happens. Normally it's good food. So one other thing as well. So do you let the restaurants know that you are critiquing them? And if you, if you do, do they kind of treat you differently? Or So I'm I'm not doing it because I'm not really a professional blocker. I'm just doing this for as a hobby. I understand that um, you don't do it full time. It's correct. more of a thing on the side correct. as well, but, isn't it? Um, so for me, I'm just going there. And the good part is you are independent. So you can really decide what you want to write afterwards. Um, what I'm doing, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm just posting stuff which I really believe it was good. So I went to a lot of restaurants, but I'm not posting all the pictures mm. from the restaurants. Um, I know a few friends in the industry and people who are doing this professional. So they are working usually with agency. So the agency is organizing the restaurant. They said, okay, go to this restaurant. And then I went once with um, um, someone there, um, Catch52 is her name on Instagram. And so I went with her um, to a restaurant and then they know you're coming, they prepare everything. The question is, is really then the same experience when you as a non-food blogger are coming to the same restaurant? So I guess not. That's the reason why I still want to be independent. But some sometimes people uh, ask me in advance, yeah. Because people obviously like what you do because what, only a year ago or something, you, you yeah. didn't have a particular name, but now you've got how many followers on Instagram? So and I what is your Instagram? You're allowed to plug it. <laughs> so yeah, so I grew from 300 to 8,200 now. And so my name is Max McBridge, MC and Bridge in one word. Reason for that is because traditionally my name is Brickner, which means bridge keeper. So that's where oh. the connection's coming from. So it's not a weird name, which somebody asked me on Instagram, said, uh, how drunk were you when you choose the name? Said, really? It's, it's not like that. I think it's a that good is, name. So yeah, it's good. As well, yeah. 
I think, um, and uh, on that, what's kind of like the hardest part of being a food a food blogger? Uh, yeah, a, f- a food blogger. I think the hardest part is first of all content. So it's it doesn't matter if you're food blogger or fashion blogger, whatever you want to do, don't underestimate how much time you spend to find the right contents to bring all these pictures together. That's really really hard. Now Instagram, since November December, changed the algorithm in the back. So you have to do much more work, engage with the people. Um, I'm really lucky that all my followers, they are um, really true followers, they're no fake, and they really like my stuff and um, comment on it. And I'm also happy when somebody's DM, uh, um, personal message and DM me, and then I'm giving, uh, recently, one day ago, um, it was a dad, and he said, oh, I want to go with my daughter for a restaurant. And I asked, okay, are you sure you want fine dining? Yeah, yeah, she's well behaved, four years old. So. Four All years right, old. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. And then he asked me for an Italian restaurant, so I gave him a few lists and said, that's a good one. Um, and I said, yeah, when I'm going there, I'm seeing families with kids as well. So, um, And that's Same very important, have nice. real followers. So I know it's a big thing. A lot of people want to be famous on Instagram very, very quickly. Um, and people buying it, but it's not worth it because in the end, um, the engagement ratio is important. And if you have real followers, the number is much higher than if you have fake one. True fact. So obviously running out of time a little bit. So you two things left then. What You've got one day in London. So someone's coming to London. Where would you recommend them to go for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Perfect. The good part is on Friday, uh, friends coming over from Germany. So if they're listening, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. The surprise is, so I'm doing on Saturday my traditional tour is I'm starting at Regency um, Cafe, which is um, near Westminster Big Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm going with them, Buckingham Palace and all the tourist stuff. And I'm going to um, Soho. So there's a dim sum place, um, King Lee, I think it's the name. It's opposite of the W Hotel. So that's usually where I'm going then. Uh-huh. And then um, in the end, um, there are a few things for tourists. I would say um, go to Butler's Worth Chop House, which is just on Tower Bridge. And the good part is you're sitting there, nice view, and it costs only around 50, 20 pounds for three courses. Yeah, that, yeah I've, really? I've, I've been there, it's really good. What's yeah. that called? But uh, but less worth and um, chop house. So, so to summarise, Regency Cafe. Yeah, King Lee. King Lee and Butler's Chop House. Correct. Sounds good. You and then go I, I should go. Take I'm Lucy. actually bang up for that. I think Lucy would love it. Um, <laughs> and the last thing, what's the best restaurant you've ever been to? Um, the best one from the price ratio, I would say Murano. Murano is an Italian restaurant, a one star in Mayfair, and had a really good lunch menu. Um, they are... Also, if you say you want something different, they're trusting it for you. Um, that was very good. Another one, because it's always two. Um, so the other one is, I would definitely recommend for everyone, um, fine dining experience with low money is uh, Madame de Pique in, um, it's the Four Seasons uh, Hotel in um, near Tower Hill. Uh, it's really perfect. So we had starter main and putting plus wine plus coffee for just fifty pounds, sixty pounds maybe. So that's really perfect. Mm, wow! But go for the lunch menu; it's always cheaper than the evening. Oh yeah, good little tip. So what we're going to do now? So thank you so much for joining us today, Max McBridge. Yep. Uh, food enthusiast and Instagram legend um, <laughs> on just giving us y- your view on kind of fine dining in London and where to take your boyfriend or girlfriend for somewhere on Valentine's Day which is coming up <laughs> um, what we'll have is a really quick song and then we'll wrap up the show I yeah think. cool sounds good what well, we got awful cooking. song awful awful song it's YouTube beautiful day <laughs> <laughs> Joe look Joe look like you. I feel like oh it's the mic's up yeah <laughs> it's a beautiful day <laughs>
So guys, thank you so much for listening to Shouldn't You Be Working This Week. I'm pretty certain we've got a jingle coming in about one second as well that's going to cut me off, but still it's fine. Um, so today we had guest Max McBridge on the show, and he was just telling us about food blogging and everything amazing, which was fantastic. Follow him on Instagram. Follow on Instagram, at Max McBridge. Mm-hmm. Next week we're interviewing a... DJ. A DJ. A DJ. Mongo. Professional DJ. Professional DJ, Gary Benetton, which is one half of Mongo. Um... And I hope you enjoy and have a lovely Valentine's Day, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you later.